Welcome back to the Hotside Podcast. I'm John, a.k.a. the Seth Rogen Lawnmower. Monday, August 2nd. Hopefully, I have an absolutely amazing day, as always. Hopefully, I don't sound, like, too stuffy or gross. I like stuffy nose, like, out of nowhere. Really random. I'm I'm fairly certain. I'm kind of certain. I'm somewhat sure that perhaps it's because my room is so freaking cold. (laughs) I don't know why my room is so cold. Uh, Because, like, I keep my fan on, like, most of the time during the summer. So, like, my room is generally the same temperature with the fan on. I don't know why all of a sudden the fan just, like, felt super cold. I don't know. And now I just have, like, a stuffy nose. It's a stray situation, but, hey, it happens, I guess. So, yeah, now I'm just, like, a heavy mouth breather at the current moment. So, hopefully I'm not, like, <laughs> like breathing heavy into your ears. Actually... I mean, I'm going to go into it. Well, not, I'm not going to go into this, but I went to the theater today, the movie theater today, uh, see a movie, the movie that we're talking about for this episode. Uh, but the person that was sitting next to me was breathing so heavily. Like, <laughs> like it was actually distracting because like whenever like it was quiet in the movie, I would just hear... <sighs> Like, they were just, like, huffing and puffing. And when they weren't breathing out of their mouth, they were breathing out of their nose. They were blowing so much air out of their nose. Like, it was, like, I don't know what they had going on over there. And they were, like, directly next to me. So, like, it was just, like, directly in my ear. It was so kind of annoying. <laughs> it was somewhat very annoying. Half of the movie, though, like, I guess they got their breathing under control. Because uh, like by the end of the movie, like, I didn't hear them breathe anymore. They weren't dead. <laughs> it just sounds bad. They weren't dead by any means or anything like that. They just, like, weren't breathing as hard, I guess. I don't know why they were breathing so hard throughout, like, the first quarter of the movie. But, hey, teach their own. But, uh, yeah, that's what's going on here. <laughs> uh yeah, so hopefully I'm not breathing too hard into the mic or anything like that. Uh, what was I going to... Oh, yes. So if you remember a couple days ago, Saturday to be exact, or at least in Saturday's episode, uh, I said that I was going to be removing the quote-unquote cotton mods from the keyboard. And uh, after I did that, I was going to be done with it for now. Well, on Saturday... Uh, When I was about to get started on that, I got to thinking, right? Although I said I didn't want to add foam to the board because, you know, I didn't want to really open it up and, you know, get into it like that. Uh, When I was thinking about it, I'm like, I'm already going to have to remove all the letter keys, which is pretty much most of the board. So I could just remove the other keys as well and just open up the board and put some foam in there. Like, why not give it a shot if I'm already going to remove all the keys anyway? So, uh, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> I uh, first went to Walmart to see if I can find the foam that I needed, but they didn't have it. So I went to Hobby Lobby up the street, 
uh, I checked there because it said online that they had it in stock, but I looked up and down the entire building and they absolutely did not have it in stock. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't really willing to walk away empty handed from this because either way I was taking all of those keys off. Like didn't matter whether I had the phone or not. So like, I'd rather do this all at once than having to like take the keys off, put them back on and then take them off later to do this. Uh, so, you know, it was time to get creative and that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I went to their painting tool section, right? Like they had like the paint brushes and whatnot. And uh, they had these foam paintbrushes. If you can kind of imagine what I'm talking about. Like, you know, like those like foam brushes. <laughs> That's a terrible explanation. And you, 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 I don't know. Hopefully you can picture what I'm saying. Uh, you know, like the foam brushes. I don't know how else to explain it. They're literally just foam brushes. <laughs> like chunks of foam. On the end of a stick, it's a, it's a foam brush. <laughs> but, yeah. I uh, got some of the foam paint brushes. Because they were essentially made of the foam that I needed. Right? So I got like three packs of them. Each pack had two large brushes inside. Uh, I ended up not needing that many. Like, I definitely overestimated how much I would need. But, uh, hey, now I got extra. So if everyone do this again, which I probably will not do... <laughs> But if I ever want to do it again, I got extra foam. Uh, so yeah, I removed all the keys, you know, with cotton out of the keys. Uh, then I unscrewed the board from like the actual case. And then I separated the foam from the sticks. And then I ended up cutting the foam in half, like up and down. Is that the correct way of saying that? I cut it in half, like lengthways. Yeah, because it was too thick, so you need to cut it down in half so it could actually fit into the case. And so I could screw, you know, the board back into the case. It can't be that thick. Uh, but yeah, cut them in half, and I cut them into shape for the case. And yeah, it really didn't take that much time. The only thing that really took time was uh, removing all the keys and all the cotton and putting them all, uh, like, back on the board. But... It sounds pretty great, I'm gonna be honest. And yes, we're doing another typing test because this, this sounds pretty good. This sounds pretty good. Hold on, here we go. Well, actually, we're not gonna do a full-on typing test. <laughs> because the spacebar sounds... I don't know what I did to it. So only the right side sounds, like, really clicky. Uh, I think it's the stabilizer. You can, like, hear it, like... Oh, now it sounds freaking fine. There, there it kind of is. Kind of clicky. You see what I'm saying? But it's only on the right side. So, like, the left side. Ouch. <laughs> but, it, you know, the, the left side is pretty thocky and thick. But I type, or I hit the space bar with my right thumb, not my left thumb. My left thumb doesn't do anything while I'm typing. So, you know, it's just always going to sound like the clacky side I use my left my right thumb but the regular keys sound good like listen to this stuff listen to this
It sounds so good. <laughs> oh, man, it sounds great. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't want to do the whole foam thing because I didn't want to screw the board. But, like, in the end, it was definitely worth it. I should have done this originally. Uh, but, hey, at least we got to it eventually. And also, once again, getting that good quality sound for, like, not good quality price because I used freaking foam paintbrushes. Uh, but hey, you know, if, if it works, it works, right? Like, it doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter, you know, by what means you do it. If it works, it works, and this works. I know this is super scuffed <laughs> and uh, unprofessional, but I don't care because it worked. And, like, if you didn't know that I used the foam off of a paintbrush, you wouldn't be able to tell because it's still technically the same foam and it sounds the exact same as if you were to use a regular sheet of foam. So, you know, it's a win, okay? <laughs> it's a dub in my book. I don't care. Let's get into this episode. So, honestly, oh, my chair was kind of loud there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm honestly going to do my best to keep this kind of quick and short because... My head just feels congested. <laughs> it's like talking. I feel like my voice doesn't sound good at the current moment with the way I'm talking or with the way I feel, which is how I think I sound. I don't know what I'm saying. Either way, I did say earlier in this episode and talking about the breathing thing uh, that I went to the theater. Yes. And I will say with that, like it feels really good to be back in the theaters, honestly. Uh, the new Suicide Squad comes out next month. No, it doesn't. Well, technically, it's this month. It comes out next Friday, this upcoming Friday, August 6th. Yeah. Uh, although it will be available like the same day on HBO. But, you know, now that I've been going to the theater, I still kind of want to see it in the movies. Like, cause, you know, it'll be an IMAX. So like, it just makes it a lot more enticing. Uh, although, in terms of like same day releases, streaming releases, I do prefer the HBO model of how they do that, which is like, when it's out, it's out. Like, everyone can see it. Anyone that has a subscription to HBO, uh, they can watch it on, you know, HBO Now or whatever. No extra cost, none of that stuff. Or you can watch it in theater. Uh, As compared to, you know, the Disney Plus model of trying to make you pay $30 to stream a movie on the same day that the theatrical release after you're already paying for the subscription service. Actually, quick side note on that topic. Did you hear that Scarlett Johansson and also, what's her name? Emma Stone. Uh, they're both suing Disney because of this. Uh, so, like, in their contract, I believe it's stated, like, they are supposed to get a percentage of the box office sales. Uh, but that does not include virtual sales. So, like the $30 people will spend to, you know, purchase the movie on Disney Plus, they don't get a percentage of those sales, right? And so, since the movies were available for streaming and, you know, in theaters the same day, that means many people, probably most people, would just stream it and just purchase, you know, the, uh, the Disney Plus premium, whatever. And so... That means they're not spending money at the theater, at the box office, which then means they, Scarlett Johansson, Emma Stone, make significantly less money than they would have while Disney reaps all of the benefits 
uh, so you know that pretty much makes sense. They, they have a pretty uh, a pretty strong reason to be mad about that, honestly. But I really don't know how far they're gonna go or how far they'll get with this because you know they're kind of going up against the God King himself, being Mickey Mouse, you know, our Supreme Entertainment Overlord. So not sure how far you're gonna get with that, but I guess we'll see. Have to wait and see. Probably how it's gonna end. Like this guy's had a lot of court. Disney will pay him some money or whatever. Just tell him to go on. Because <laughs> like when it comes to Scarlett Johansson, I mean, her characters out of the MCU, they don't really need her anymore. So they could just settle and call it a day. Uh, don't know what they're gonna do with Emma Stone though. I mean, I doubt they're gonna need her again either. Because she was like, Corella was like a one-off movie somewhat. I mean, they're probably trying to make it into a series, but you know, whatever. It's besides the point. The main point of what I'm talking about uh, is The Green Knight, as the movie that I watched today in theaters. Uh, it released on Friday. I saw a trailer for it a couple weeks ago, and uh, it kind of piqued my interest a lot of bit. Uh, it's like I was really like heavy into the whole Camelot lore when I was younger, like middle school times. Uh, like, you know... Back in middle school, when I still actually read books, <laughs> I was I was heavy into like King Arthur and Camelot and whatnot, and those are things that you don't really forget, which is honestly a necessity in order to how do I say, pretty much a necessity in order to watch this movie and understand what you're saying, because they don't explain anything in this movie, like it's just a story on its own. There really is no reference to like the overarching world or characters or any of that stuff, like any of the history that happened in Camelot to lead up to you know this moment. All that stuff is just like it's assumed that you already know it and understand it because they don't explain any of it, right? So like things you would need to know going into this movie from the jump. Uh, essentially you need to know who all like the big characters are, the main hitters and like what they've done already in the world besides the main character of Gawain. So Gawain is King Arthur's nephew. So he is the son of what's her name again? Morgan Le Fay. There you go. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, son of Morgan Le Fay, who is King Arthur's half sister. Or maybe it's his full sister. Doesn't matter. They're siblings, okay? Whether it's a half-sister or a full sister, they're siblings. Therefore, uh, Gawain is King Arthur's nephew. So, Morgan Le Fay, Gawain's mom, is a sorceress slash witch. And she was trained by Merlin, who is essentially like the supreme sorcerer slash wizard uh, of Camelot. And he's also the advisor of King Arthur. It was just hits the main characters you need to know for this movie. The main characters you need to know going into this movie. Although Merlin doesn't really do anything in this movie. He's only shown for like, what, five seconds? Like a five second shot. Uh, but the relation to Morgan Le Fay, Gawain's mom, that's kind of important. That kind of explains why she's able to do the stuff that she does in the movie. Uh, also, you gotta know about Excalibur. I'm pretty sure everyone kind of knows about Excalibur. That's the that's King Arthur's sword when they pull out of the, the rock, which then eventually made him into king. Uh, it's shown in the movie, 
and it's talked about in the movie, but they never actually say Excalibur. You just kind of have to, you know, like, know <laughs> that it's Excalibur that they're referencing. Uh, you just kind of have to know what's going on, pretty much. That pretty much sums up most of this movie. Uh, you have to already know about the lore in the world for any of the movie to make sense. And the most important thing that you would actually have to know to be able to interpret this movie is something that most people probably don't know. Uh, and that is the five virtues of being a knight. And the five virtues are essentially like these five qualities that you must possess in order to be, uh, I guess you could say, considered honorable enough to become a knight, right? And this is pretty important for Gawain because King Arthur never had any kids. So since Gawain is his nephew, that means that he is the heir to the throne of Camelot. Once, you know, King Arthur dies, Gawain's going to become king. And he's not a knight, at least not at the beginning of the movie or technically really ever. <laughs> Uh, but he, he for sure is not an honorable man. Uh, he prefers to, you know, get drunk and spend his time in the brothel. And, uh, the movie kind of doesn't say this, not kind of, it doesn't say this at all. Uh, it kind of leaves this part up to interpretation, but I think it is the case that Gawain's mother, Morgan Le Fay, she's the one who summons the Green Knight. I'm pretty sure it's like, they shot it in a way, they filmed it in a way to make it, it's like to show that says she's the one who summoned him, uh, and then yeah, the Green Knight pretty much pulls up at the Christmas party, and proposes a challenge to the Knights of the Round Table, and Gawain, who's also at the party, uh, chilling with King Arthur, and the challenge is that one of them should pull up, essentially, and try to strike him down, and then in one year, that person has to go and seek him out. And then he has, then he can return the same blow to them, right? So Gawain takes the challenge because he is a lame dude who is not a knight, <laughs> and he needs to, you know, do something cool and go on a quest or a journey to essentially gain his knighthood uh, and become an honorable person and to better himself. The, essentially, the the movie is the journey. Uh, of that, like his personal journey of becoming a better person, I guess you can say. Because um, essentially what he wants to do is gain that honor to become a knight, right? And the Green Knight pretty much allows him to cut his head off. You see it in the trailer, actually, if you watch the trailer that's shown in the trailer, that he's like, a year, wait, what? A year henceforth or something like that? <laughs> and then, yeah. The movie itself is the journey after a year of him going to find the Green Knight. Uh, and that journey takes place through essentially three main scenarios, I guess. Perhaps you could say four. Uh, but through these three slash four scenarios, he's essentially being tested on the five virtues of being a knight, which are friendship, chastity, Oh, God, now I'm on the spot. Generosity. Uh, piety and courtesy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the five. I'm fairly confident those are the five. <laughs> uh, but essentially, he faces all of these tests. And 
as like he makes his way to the Green Chapel and meet up with the Green Knight. He's going through these challenges, I guess you can say, uh, to prove that he is honorable. And what I can say about this movie uh, is, for one, it looked amazing, right? Like, the scenery and the imagery, extremely well executed. The, the shots were well done. The CGI looked absolutely amazing as well. I can say the entire movie was also very well acted. Uh, everyone pretty much played their characters amazingly. Uh, the girl, which I now can't remember her freaking name. <laughs> I think her name was Ethel. Uh, yeah, I think her name was Ethel. Um, essentially that's like Gawain's like, kind of like his girlfriend. She's also kind of a prostitute. <laughs> but the actor or actress who plays her, she also plays essentially three other characters in the movie. Uh, because she's kind of an analogy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. She did great, though. She she played all three versions of kind of herself. Really, really great. So, that was... Uh, pretty much everyone in this movie was amazing in their role. Um, the story was well told, in my opinion. The ending was left very ambiguous for you to draw your own conclusion as to what happened. Although, this story is based off of a poem, right? Uh, so, that you can kind of make the conclusion or draw your conclusions using the information from the poem. But the movie wasn't the exact same as the poem, like beat for beat. So, like, there's still a lot of room for interpretation. Uh, if, I mean, like, my interpretation of the movie without spoiling anything, was essentially that I feel like the mom, his mom summoned the Green Knight because she was kind of ashamed of him somewhat. <laughs> uh, and she knows that he has to become king. So she summoned the Green Knight so that way he could take the challenge so that way he can become a knight and gain his honor. Uh, and there's also... Is that spoilerish? There's some aspects of the journey that it seems like his mom definitely has something to do with it, with her being like, you know, a sorceress and whatnot. Uh, but the movie was kind of like a character piece, essentially. Like, it was a barn burner for sure. Like This was a slow freaking movie, right? And that already makes it not everyone's cup of tea. For me personally... I felt like it, it, it was like a little bit too long, in my opinion. Like, just a little bit too long. Like, there's certain things they definitely could have cut out. But, but perhaps not. Cause like, okay, so it's like, I feel like there's things that they could have cut out, but at the same time, like, if they cut this out, would the story still been the same? And it's like, yes, but also no. Because some of the things that I think they could have cut out were like imagery things. That just kind of dragged, drug, drug on, dra dragged on, dragged on, drug on, dragged on for too long. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it's like, okay, but those kind of are supposed to show his mentality and where his, where his mental is. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't know what's going on, then this movie feels like a freaking like <laughs> marathon 
because it's just, it's so abstract, honestly. Uh, I mean, I think that's the thing that messes this movie up in terms of making it enjoyable and accessible for the masses. Uh, because it's the case that, you know, that they don't explain anything. So if you don't know anything about the history and lore of Camelot, then this movie will make absolutely zero sense to you, right? It will just seem like this is just like a series of random events, honestly, that just kind of happen for the sake of things happening. And like, given the fact that you're listening to this part of the episode currently, that means that you have heard everything that I just said in terms of explaining characters and backstory. So like if you now watch the movie after hearing what I have just said, you know, perhaps it'll make sense as long as everything that I've said makes sense. Because now, you know, I've kind of just essentially given you the necessary background information to actually like watch the movie and know what's happening even with that you probably might not even be able to follow what's happening dude i struggled to follow what was happening and i know the lore like it's, it's a very abstract movie <laughs> uh, and so like for me in my opinion on the movie like i enjoyed it like i said it felt a little bit too long i felt like they could have explained things a little bit better i get what they were trying to do making it you know abstract and whatnot but, like, they just could have, just, just just a little bit, could have explained a little bit more stuff. You know, like, the whole Excalibur thing, like, Excalibur being in the movie and never being mentioned by name. So, it's like, you just have to know. Because <laughs> it just happens at the very beginning of the movie. Or happens at the scene where he has to fight the Green Knight. King Arthur literally gives Gawain Excalibur because Gawain doesn't have a sword. He's not a knight. And it's like, he hands him the sword, and, like, you can see, like, Gawain, like, staring at it, like, holy, like, this is freaking Excalibur. And he uses it. And then after the scene, when he's messing around with Ethel, I'm going to call her Ethel, even though that's not her name, I'm calling her Ethel. <laughs> but when he was messing with Ethel at the end, after their, you know, the, uh, the fight with the Great Knight, he's like, yeah, I held it. And she's like, did you actually hold it? But they say they say it, not Excalibur. So, like, you have to know that, for one, the sword that King Arthur has is Excalibur. And you have to know that Excalibur is super-duper special, which is why it's a big deal that Gawain had it. And then you have to know that for that to then make sense for their conversation about him saying he held it. And that's a big deal. You see what I'm saying? Like, none of that was like, ever explained. You just have to know that going into it. You see, like, that's where I feel like the movie could have, you know, maybe, maybe done a little bit better. Like, the whole quick scene with Merlin, that wouldn't make sense if you don't know who Merlin was or what he did or what he does as a sorcerer. Like, without that, it just was like a random shot of a random old dude with some kind of cool tattoos on his eyes. Like what he was doing there he was checking like he used his magic to see if the green knight was like a demonic or something like that so it was like super quick but if you don't know who merlin is <laughs> and you're like what is happening in these couple of seconds right like that that's where i feel like it could have just it, it could it could have done that perhaps a little bit better 
Like, if you don't know about the five virtues of being a knight, then all of the things that Gawain experiences, like, they just seem like random events. And honestly, I don't think a lot of people know about the five virtues of being a knight. So, you know, that kind of, you know, dampens that aspect of it. Now, I can respect the fact that they did it this way. Like, it makes it more true to the poem as like the poem doesn't give any backstory to anything uh it's essentially it's like a part of the grander tale of Camelot uh like as a whole but I don't think that people realize that going into this movie which then makes the movie just seem like a really bad movie full of a bunch of random beautifully shot scenes but uh perhaps the moral of the poem can help you interpret the movie. Because uh, like the moral of the poem was to show that it doesn't matter if you fail at everything as long as you actually try your best. Uh, and, you know, that is one conclusion that you can draw from the end of this movie. Uh, but that's also something that you could say about the movie as a whole. Because it'll probably fail with the masses since it requires so much previous outside knowledge for you know for you for the for the viewer to understand what's actually going on in the movie but even if it does fail with the masses perhaps it's just more important that they try you know but if you like this episode or the podcast give it a like give it a follow give it a rating all that good jazz so let me know that so of course you do like your show with your friends because good friends give friends good things and you want to be good friends give your friend a good thing if you want to follow social media, it is at Galden Hat on the IGs. And as always, 8 a.m. Eastern, same time, same place, every single day. This outro is so much easier to do when I can breathe through my nose. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be feeling better tomorrow. Uh, and yeah, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Don't forget to drink plenty of water. Stay healthy, stay warm, or stay cool if it's too hot outside. And uh, yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.